Hello, and welcome to this episode of the Vistamar podcast. Today we'll be discussing social media. We have some new students with us today that are joining the club for the third trimester, so we'll introduce ourselves. I'm your host, Abby, and today to start off this discussion, we're gonna go in an order and say our daily screen times for our phone usage. So, mine is about six hours per day. Uh, mine's five hours, 32 minutes per day. Oh, my name is Robbie. Um, my daily average is five hours, 32 minutes. Hello, my name is Linus, and I have four hours and 32 minutes for my daily average. Hi, my name is Lucas, and I have around five hours for my daily average screen time. Hi, my name is Meg, and my daily average screen time is also about five hours. Hi, I'm Mrs. Galvan, and my daily average was just under four hours. Hey, my name is Joshua. My daily average is around four hours and three minutes. Hi, my name is Joey, and my daily average is around four hours and six minutes. Hi, my name is Ava. My daily average is seven hours and five minutes. Hi, my name is Mia, and my daily average is around five hours and 11 minutes. My name is Parker, and my daily average is six hours and 42 minutes-ish. Ish. Ish. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> Great. Okay. Um, the first question to start us out today is something simple. Uh, when did you get social media and what role does it play in your life? Yeah, I got it a while ago. <laughs> um, I got social media when I was eight on a first generation iPad with no camera or uh, anything. It was just an iPad and I got Instagram. And so I would take screenshots of stuff I was playing like... Um, anything any iPad game that was from like 2014 and I'd post that on my social media thinking it was it was pretty cool you know um I when I was like in kindergarten someone one of my friend's older sister had Instagram so when I was five or six I got Instagram but um I stopped using it for a while but I started getting back into social media around sixth grade this is fascinating so I didn't I this is Galvan here I didn't get social media until I was like 26 <laughs> and that was like myspace um and it was weird and it it was immediately awkward like having to like represent who you are on this little web page um and then came facebook and then came instagram and now the the role it plays in my life oh and i guess twitter was in there too you know, I've, I've gone through ebbs and flows in my own social media experience, um, but now I'm, like, trying not to be on it. That's that's where I'm at. Oh, uh, yeah. The first time I got social media was on, I was, like, around 10. And then, like, the first thing I had was Instagram. And I, like, downloaded it because a lot of my friends had it. But, like, I completely forgot it was on my phone until, you know. Yeah, when I was, like, in 7th or 8th grade, I got Instagram at, like, I was a little late to it. I feel like everyone had it, so that kind of like made me want to get it. I feel like it's not that important to me anymore as it used to be, but I still go on occasionally. I think in like fifth grade or whenever like 2013 was, um, I got Vine because I thought it was like so funny. Everyone was like talking about Vines and like <laughs> quoting them, so I got it. I didn't know how to use it though. But then 
this is like embarrassing but you know that show dance moms yeah mm -hmm. yes <laughs> i ran a dance moms fan account on instagram when i was in fifth grade oh so, my gosh you are amazing yeah it was called cheer for aldc it was a pretty good username and i got like 300 followers so i thought i was famous but like it's not yeah that was that's it <laughs> social media around sixth grade like right when I got my phone um, I got Instagram because my sisters made me they're like you got to do this to be cool Aww. I didn't really use it for the first like few years I just kind of like would scroll through like the search and like just find random stuff and then I got snapchat around eighth grade and then I just use that instead of like text messages it's just how I communicate with people now so yeah I I got Instagram that was probably my first social media and that was just weird. My parents put like a lot of restrictions around it. I couldn't post my face and stuff like that. And like the stuff I posted, mm, oh, I really hope it's still not out there because that was weird. And then I got Snapchat in like seventh grade and that just went so downhill. I don't know, it was not a good role that it played in my life, but I still have it because I can't, I can't communicate with people any other way, so. Well, I, help me understand Snapchat because I've never used it. It's and why basically is it better it's, than like what? How is it different than Instagram? And how? Why? How? Like this idea is we know it's not good is what I think I'm hearing, but we're still using it. Like help me understand that. I just feel like it's definitely like, you know, there's like this whole thing where how it seems more private than like text messages, you know, because you. It deletes your text messages. Right. And it people. deletes your chats after every day. And the pictures, unless for some reason you you save them. Yeah, or screenshot it or something. But the thing is, like with all social medias, is like it's still out there. Mm -hmm. Something's still out there. And if you send something a little Not provocative great, or something, right. you know, you don't really know what the other person's gonna do with it, and yeah. it could, you know, you could just be like. It's kind of just like, you know, exposing yourself, but I think people like it because it's a way to like document what you do and post mm -hmm. stuff so that more people can see it and something about like discussing things with people when you can see their face. Yeah. I don't know, something about that I think like people like mm -hmm. rather than just texting, mm -hmm. you know. I got like Instagram back in 2017. I was like 12 13 somewhere around there 20 that would be 2019 <laughs> that would be 2019 I'm 15 yes that would be 2019 is when I got Instagram and uh I didn't use it there for a few like I was on it I created an account and like I had followers but like I didn't ever post anything and now I mainly use it to text my boyfriend and that's about it how much time is dedicated to it uh <laughs> Do I really want to say this? Uh, Go ahead. Today, three hours and 48 minutes. Okay. It's so that's not, that's yeah. not horrible, but if we're going by week, uh, this week was 30 hours and 20 minutes. Okay. So... I know. <laughs> Oh, I know. At school. I know. I know. It's like it's it's usually when I finish all my work and like have yeah. like done all of my work. Like that's my reward for myself is ah. I start like texting. Yeah. Like once I'm like sure I've done all of my work, mm. is like that's when I'll do it and then I'll text at office hours if I have nothing to do. Yeah. I mean, are you long distance? Yeah. 
that that's that's yeah, why is because like, like it's that plays a big right role that's role. why is also with like, these kind of apps i feel like it's like people who don't get to see each other a lot it's like nice being able to yeah see their face or just text them or you know be able to interact online hmm Okay, so the second question we have is, how does it impact how you see yourself? Maybe like using Facetune, how you now see your whole body image, etc. Is it more? Is it more like toxic positivity? It's like, I think that's really bad for like someone's own image of themselves, especially when they see all these people at like their best, because like. People usually post on social media, like on Instagram, they post on their main account, like their like best moments in their life. And on top of that, they like all seem to have like perfect bodies. Like their like faces are just perfect. Cause like they have to take like 300 photos to get that perfect picture, you know? But like no one actually notices that when they just see like the photo for the first time. So it is like, it is really impacting, especially when it's like you see all these people that are like of the beauty standard like that you could never be because like you don't see anyone else that looks like you that's like on like your timeline or whatever. So it is like it can be negatively affecting, but at the same time, it can also be positive if like people that look like you post more mm-hmm. and they like embrace like their features that aren't necessarily the norm. Mm-hmm. So it's it's like it goes hand in hand with like both sides. I, I think, you know, most of us in this room, we got on to social media when we were, like, below the fifth grade, which is really young. And if you go into this and you see that it kind of sets an example um, for you to start doing that when you start posting pictures of yourself, if that's something that you're into. And I, I don't post pictures of myself, but when I do, like, send pictures on Snapchat, it's definitely, like, something that I'll do a few times to make sure that I <laughs> there's nothing, like, wrong with the photo. Um, yeah. And I just don't think it's a good, like, I think it's pretty damaging to younger audiences. But if, like, you were, like, I don't know, 16, 17 years old getting into social media, it's, it would be pretty easy to, like, set yourself apart and be like, that's kind of stupid. I'm not going to spend the next three hours changing this image so I can post it for the, the 50 people that are going to like it. Yeah, it's definitely, like, getting it at a young age is really, like, not very good for your well-being because I feel like when you're young, you don't really know the whole like behind the scenes thing with social media I guess because now when we're older we understand angles we understand that some people might use facetune to like smooth stuff out you know nobody gets on social media right after they ate a huge meal and they're bloating and no one you know unless there's some kind of like you know body positive influencer kind of thing but you know not a lot of people do that and I think when you're younger you don't really know you don't know those like unspoken rules about what you post when you post you know what you do to make yourself look better with all like the filters and stuff like that because some people get really good at facetune some people get because i used to use it because i just felt like okay like you know i look a little fugly in this so (laughs) um and now it's just like i don't know i think it just really came to the realization that it's like mm, it's like not and it's also really embarrassing if people can like then like zoom in and be like hmm. why is the fence crooked hmm. you know because then you like then it's just oh, then it's embarrassing because you don't want people to know that you facetune you know like people that are open about it mm-hmm. i feel like it's definitely like you know 
you do you. But if you're doing it and then kind of like, you know, being mm. like, no, no, that's just the way I look. Because then it like gives people the wrong ideas about the way they're supposed to look. You know what I'm thinking is that I wonder when you guys are on social media, how many of the people on your who, who are following you are people you know versus people you don't know? Because like if it's people you know, they know what you look like, right? Like you see them in person, and it's like I don't use those filter things. One because I don't know how, and two um, because like I got they already know what I look like. I, they would be like, I'll look at you trying something cute. <laughs> but but is this like? Are, are most of the people on your accounts people you know, or um, is, it a, is it a mix? And then I'd love to hear from folks who, who don't post pictures for any, for any reason, too. I mean, for me, I'd say that most of the people I have on uh, Instagram, I know, because like, they're, um, like, they're viewing my profile. They know, like, they can see what I'm posting, so I want like, them to know me, and I want random strangers just like, kind of stalking me. Um, so yeah, I mean, so when I post, I don't really feel the need to make myself look as perfect because they know what I look like. I don't take it to heart as much. And that may be because um, I didn't really use social media when I was young. I kind of just, I always kind of thought it was like kind of a joke, not as serious as everyone took it. That's why I only really use it for communication. Yeah, there's like three different categories for me. It's like my friends or people that I know. Uh, or there's four people I know, friends of those people I know, uh, my aunt and my mom, and then uh, and then it's uh, there's like 50 dog accounts because my friend and I in like seventh or eighth grade thought we would be really cool if we got like 50 followers overnight. So his older brother like told us about this cool new strategy where if you follow these like dog and animal accounts, they'll follow you back. So that's what we did. And then we unfollowed all the dog accounts, so we had like more followers than following. So we were very cool, as you can tell. <laughs> those are my four categories. That's not cheating. That's just like knowing the system and knowing the loopholes in the system. You're also talking about the system and the strategy on, on and and the strategies. Like I think that's another question we had, right? Yeah. What is that? What are all those unspoken rules? Yeah, that's our next one, Any unspoken rules of social media. And that's kind of what Linus touched on a bit about, you know, having more followers than you're following. I don't know where that came from and why <laughs> everyone thought it was – because even, like, me too. Like, I don't know why. Like, I never, like, thought about it enough to be like, wait, why am I going through my followers and making sure I, think I it's unfollow like, more people? I think it's like – one, to make yourself look better, and two, you have to be, like, a specific kind of person to be followed mm -hmm. if you have more followers than following. Mm -hmm. It shows that, like, you can only be, like, this kind of person to be followed by me. Like, I'm a very specific person in who I follow, and you have to be up to those guidelines or I won't follow you. Yeah. I think it's mainly about clout and like the clout race you know mm -hmm. it's like you don't you kind of want more followers than followed because you know it makes you look better and it makes it seem like you're actually like a somewhat popular person but in reality it's like the actual opposite actually to like add on to that i kind of felt like at some point it kind of seemed like you cared so much about it like now i feel like it has a different yeah. connotation when you like follow less people because it kind of seems like you actually like are, are trying really hard yeah. to do that and it's kind of like 
oh just like relax a bit like yeah it makes it like a little bit like not embarrassing but like you're just like okay I can see you really care about this Mm -hmm. obviously that changes the way you view somebody so Well, it takes a lot of time. Like, I tried to do that once, and I gave up about halfway through because I spent two hours going through the thousand people that I follow. And it's it's time-consuming to be like, oh, okay, well, now I'm down to a certain amount, and there's still, like, 300 more people that I follow, but I want to keep all these followers. It, I don't, I can't, like, see myself putting that much effort into managing just, like, an appearance on my social media account, especially when, like, more than half of the people are people that I've met in reality. Um, at some point, it was really like important to me, just followers and ratios in general. And for the time-consuming part, I actually downloaded a bunch of apps that would like say who's following me or like um, who I followed who didn't follow me back, so I could make that ratio better. Um, and it was really important to me, but it was because of like the pressures of the people around me. And over time, like I saw how much it was negatively affecting me, and I actually don't use that account anymore. And I created a small account with only people who do know me, and I think it like positively impacted my life a lot. There was, yeah. this, there was this one guy who, um, okay, I was just like, you know, like how you just like go through Instagram and like you like look at one person's account and then like look at another person's account from their account, and you just mm-hmm. keep going. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah I so, still do that. Yeah, yeah, I, I couldn't help it. So I was just doing that, and there was this one guy from like my old school, and it was so funny because he had like one thousand like two hundred followers maybe, and he was only following like sixty people back, and I was like okay this is so rude but i was like looking down i was like dude you're so pathetic i'm sorry like 60 you're following only 60 people back and you have 1,000 followers it was just really weird i was looking at his followers and they were like his friends okay why was i'm such a stalker i was looking at his followers, and i I looked to see if he was like following those same friends back and he wasn't so i was like what is this that you're trying to do like what what image are you trying to hold to like who are you trying to show this to yeah that's a clout race that's a clout race right there, and you know that ratio is so important to people that would rather like unfollow everyone that is close to them just so that they have like a thousand two hundred followers rather than having like I don't know a thousand followed, but it's all close friends, you know. Yeah. yeah. And it just shows like how much people actually like care about how what other people think of them, because like you're not doing this for yourself so you could feel better about your ratio. You're doing it so other people will look at your page and be like, oh wow like they're pretty popular so i think it's just like showing that people like and it's not like you think everyone's going to judge you it's just like kind of a subconscious thing you do when you look at someone's page like oh they have more following than followers and it's definitely like the people you surround yourself with because the middle school (laughs) the the middle school that i went to like seeing someone with 1200 followers and only following 60 like at a certain point in middle school I've been like wow like that mm-hmm. is the coolest person I've ever seen in my Same. life like Same. subconsciously mm-hmm. I was like you're pathetic and you're peaking in middle school which is also pretty pathetic yeah um which they all did yeah but oh, and yeah. also like looking at like just like the whole like stalking thing because it like really gets to you and then you don't even realize that you do it all the time because there was this one specific girl in my grade and, you know, like, I feel like every time I looked at her profile, her followers would go up by, like, 100. And then, like, you know, like, it would just keep going up. And I was like, how do I be like this girl? How do I be pretty like this girl? You know, I would, like, religiously look at this girl's page and try and, like, even, we look nothing alike. But I'd be like, I, this is exactly what I want to look like. And if I can't look like this, I'm going to be sad forever. Like, that was, like, just what Oh, my doing. gosh. 
like that took like time and like energy and like your heart right like that's not healthy and like I, I get like the I get how it happens right because numbers are so easy to see like going up right and um, it like the the natural rabbit hole and wanting to and and the the urge to compare ourselves is so normal and I think what I really appreciate about what you guys are naming is that how you can see it now, right? That how you use social media, uh, most, most of you are juniors and seniors. Well, we got a sophomore and, a, and one freshman here. Most of you are juniors and seniors, and you, can, you have s s pointed out the difference about how you're using it now versus how you used it in middle school. And um, I'm, I'm happy that, that you've made that transition, and I'm also sad for, for like how, how maybe it affected uh, you all when you were younger. It's like funny now, but it's also like pathetic as well. <laughs> looking back <laughs> on all that, because like we, looking back at everyone in middle school, oh, we were so like not. We don't look like this anymore, but just like ugly, you know. Like we were all not it. Nobody was cute, but you know, I don't even. I'm just, I would say that is a universal experience. Looking back on on yourself when you were uh, in middle school, going, oh my god. Yeah. No, but you know what's insane though? This is like absolutely insane to me. Is the fact that these kids are in middle school and they're on TikTok now and they get yeah. so many views. No one knows that they're like 14. No one knows that they're 13 or 12, but they get so many views and you think that they're like 18. And so you look at the comments and everyone's like, you're so hot, you're so fine, oh I my know. God. And it's like, it's like, okay, damn, this person's actually like kind of pretty. I look at their profile and it says, it says like 13. I'm just I like, know. what I'm like, the, I'm like, what is this? Fair. Yeah, like what happened to like the formative years where like you actually looked ugly? Mm -hmm. Like what happened to that? It's, it's definitely social it. media because back as, as like gener like years progress, middle schoolers and even like older elementary schoolers are like no one went through that weird no one's going through that weird justice exactly. like phase anymore <laughs> what happened to that no one's going through that weird like all highlighter nike clothes yeah, i'm telling you like it's, they figure it all out i know when they dress better than i do it's probably because of it's because of zoom i feel like as well because they didn't actually get to like go to school they're only like in like yeah. zoom like so it's like social media like central it's their life yeah and if so i had sad. tiktok in middle school that wow. would have been Oh yeah. And on the other side, as a parent, I'm like, what like weirdos are checking out my 13 year old child? Like that's weird to me. Like, yeah. I I don't. That's I want them to have a childhood. I don't want them to have to think that they have to look like they're 30 when they're 13. Yeah. And um and that's it's really scary to me. And my my kids are 12, 10, and five. So I haven't had to, to make these decisions yet, but it's going to be really soon. And I don't know. At this point, I'm like, I don't think my kids are having having a phone until they're until they're in high school. Well, I, I don't think the problem is in the phone. I just think parents don't really check their kids' phones, mm -hmm. and so they don't like think that anything's going on. When in reality, like I'm sure there's a good amount of children who are talking to grown adults on a daily basis, which is problematic. And their parents, you know, if they knew, they'd be upset. But they're not putting like they're not just going to check their phone because they don't think it's like an issue. I mean, if you're a 13 year old and you're posting thirst traps on TikTok, then you're kind of asking for attention like that. So I think it's like almost like you want that attention, but like they don't know any better. Yeah. At yeah. that yeah. point, exactly. no. That's, like, that's what everyone's teaching them. 
Yeah, if you want that attention, like, you're 13 at the end of the day. 13-year-olds want a lot of things. They want, like, alcohol and stuff like that, but there's not a sane adult that's going to go out and give it to them. A sane adult, yes. I, I have to tell you guys, oftentimes this podcast exists for you all to tell me the words that I don't know, and so far I have two questions. So we've learned the word clout race today. I think I am clear about what that one means. Uh, but, Robbie, can you explain what a... Thirst trap. Oh my god. Oh my lord. Should I Google it? Uh, don't, 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 don't Google it. A thirst trap is like, it sounds worse than it really is. It's kind of just you trying to make yourself look good to other people and like kind of get people to like hit you up, I guess. Like so. you're sexualizing yourself okay. a bit yeah. more. Yeah. yeah. Not having to be like fully, you know. And they're 12. Yeah. And they're 13. At that point, you younger. need to go. You just oh. need to have like, your phone like taken away. Like, in five away. years, it's like, going to be, like, nine-year-olds, and I'm so terrified. I'm genuinely, like, TikTok? I'm sorry. Yeah, it needs to get yeah. banned or something. I feel like it would be for, like, the good of humanity. Yeah. We're going to probably cry about it for, like, two months, but it's fine. Yeah. Like, the <laughs> they would forget with, so quick. Yeah. <laughs> like, with that, too, with, like, the... Like, they're doing these things is because the creators that get, like, popular on these apps are because of, like, so-called thirst traps. Like girls and guys mm-hmm. and any you know any sexuality you are if you're posting thirst traps there's going to be some community of people that make that popular and then mm-hmm. other people younger people are seeing that and like oh I want to get popular on this app mm-hmm. so I but like p- getting popular on the app is like a whole different story mm. hi guys I'm Sydney sorry I was late I had a peer council meeting um let me Look at my screen time. <laughs> what was the highest earlier? Um, well, our we did daily average, but uh, Parker had 16 hours on Instagram. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Mine's like three hours, 48 minutes average. That's good. That's good. That's on the lower end of it. Yeah. Do I say transition? Or Okay, so Megan Lucas, how does it feel not having a phone today? Um, it's a little disorienting. Like my daily routine has definitely changed, and um, a lot of my habits are connected to my phone. And it's kind of been a source of anxiety when I like leave a room and I'm like, oh no, where's my phone? Or I can't text people to find people. But in general, I feel a lot more focused and present like throughout my day. I don't feel like I'm like using my phone as a scapegoat to like leave situations that I'm in physically. Um, you know, up until like 20 minutes ago or 30 minutes ago when we started the podcast, I was still reaching into my pocket looking mm-hmm. for my phone. Um, I, I've kind of built such a habit around it that any time where I'm not like being visually or like mentally stimulated, I will go for my phone and, and I've noticed how much I kind of depend on that entertainment to get through the day because it's just felt like a very long day. Mm-hmm. But um, in class, when I've just been doing work and had that distraction, um, it hasn't been an issue. I've actually been able to do more work because I haven't been like checking Instagram or like mm-hmm. checking my text if a friend sent me something on Snapchat. Um, so, you know, it's been weird. It's just been really weird because it's like having like a piece of, not yourself, but like like something that's so integral to your day and your daily routine just gone and it's definitely something that I'd notice like if one day I woke up and I didn't have a phone I wouldn't and like it was a reality where like phones didn't exist I'd still feel weird 
you know, like something was missing. So that's probably the most challenging part about it, just not having it there. Yeah. So do you want to try to... Fast. <laughs> Do you want to try doing a phone fast again in the future? Um, yeah, I don't think I'd mind it. It definitely makes me feel less connected with my peers. It makes me feel like everyone else has a way to communicate that I don't. But, you know, like I said, it does make my day better. It takes away some sources of, sources of anxiety I'd usually have. I wouldn't mind doing a phone fast again or even just putting more energy into decreasing my phone time. I feel like it would pre be pretty good for my day, my mental health, and how I get my schoolwork done. Um, I, I would do it again, um, maybe just for productivity reasons. Like if I had a, like a big exam, like the AP Lang exam, or if I just had a test that was gonna take up a lot of time, I wouldn't bring my phone just for like practicality. But I don't think I would do it just for like mental health again. I am pretty excited to get my phone back for like the first time in a while <laughs> since I was like 12 years old. But, um, you know, it, it definitely makes things more difficult. There were multiple situations in class today where it, like it called for a phone and um, I needed to take a picture of something or record something, mm -hmm. which my computer doesn't have the capability to do. And it was just, you know, a bit inconvenient. But, um, you know, I, I would do it again in the future, just not for like normal circumstances. To be fair, I kind of cheated. I have an iPad that I use for my schoolwork. So I could still text my mom and stuff, but I only brought it out when I needed it in class. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I did cheat a little bit. But I do think it was kind of easy for me to not have a phone today because for all of middle school and elementary school, my um, school did not allow phones on campus. Mm. You hid them in your backpack, but you weren't <laughs> supposed to bring your phones to campus. So I feel like I'm pretty used to not having my phone all day. Um, but it was nice not having it, I think, is my consensus. Hmm. Yeah, I, I didn't feel like bad or like, like any anguish over not having my phone. I just felt like slight inconvenience, which hmm. is, is pretty bad for a lot of people. And, but <laughs> I, I think I would be able to handle it if I didn't have a phone. I think a good solution to still, fi still feeling connected, but not having like social media and like endless scrolling available to you is to like maybe get a flip phone and like mm. use it sometimes because you'd still be able to call people for emergencies or text people or tell the time of the day, but you wouldn't have like such limitless available options to you. I like that solution. I can tell you I was really proud the day I got my pink Razor Motorola phone and I think I was 28 um, and I learned how to text on it and you had to do like the pressing the buttons three times and I sent my first text message and like everybody like, oh, you sent a text, Reagan? I'm like, yeah, I did. Um, and it was hard. Um, well, I will take your phones anytime. So anytime you want a phone break, any of you just, you know, drop them off in my office. I'll protect them for you and I'd be happy to do it. Um, and I think this is now the part of the show where I tell you a story and feel free to ask me any questions. I am the oldest person in this room. Oh, God. <laughs> Why? I'm the oldest person Why in this room. <laughs> and I'm, I'm going to tell you a, t a story about being a teenager in the 90s um, and not having a cell phone. Um, 
So not having social media, not really having the internet um, also, which is a whole other thing. I think one main challenge is arranging to be somewhere. So say you want to meet somebody at the mall, because that's what we would do. We'd go to the mall. Um, but they didn't show up right away. You just had to wait. Like, you just wait. You'd be sitting there. And then maybe you would get your quarter and you'd go to the pay phone and like call their house. But they wouldn't answer because maybe they're on their way. And you leave a message and then, then you do that a couple times. And eventually they show up. And you're like, where were you? I was on my way. Something happened. Okay, so that's inconvenience. Um, also, if I wanted to drive somewhere, I had to open this book called The Thomas Brothers Map and find my destination on the map. You had to look in the, the glossary in the back, and then I would take a sticky note or a piece of paper or back of an envelope, and I'd write left turn here, right turn here, and then I'd get in my car, and then I'd have that next to me so I knew where to go. And every once in a while, I had to pull over and open my Thomas Brothers map to figure out where I was. Um, another challenge um, is if you wanted to talk to one of your friends or talk to your boyfriend, you had to call their house and talk to their mom. Like every single time I want to talk to my boyfriend, I had to say, uh, hi, Mrs. Smith, uh, this is Reagan, is David home? Um, and then she'd talk to you. And then you'd have to have this conversation with an adult that you didn't want to have. And I was always panicked when any of my friends were calling my house because my parents would talk to them forever. And they'd grill them and everybody thought they were hilarious, but I didn't like it. Um, oh, the other thing is that eventually, I, I didn't have a CD player in my car in high school, but I did have one in college. And you traveled around with this giant binder of CDs. And it was it became a badge of honor that you had like the, the CDs you would put in your big binder of CDs were like they represented who it's you like were. Like yeah. People <laughs> had their binders and they brought them it was like a Pokemon thing. But you think about how you guys cultivate your social media. We would cultivate what CDs we put in our in our binder. And then if somebody got in your car, they would flip through your CDs and be like, oh, you have that album. Oh, you have that album. Oh, so great. And then like there might be an album that you might be embarrassed by. You wouldn't put it in there. Like you might secretly love it, but you wouldn't put it in there. So I, I, it, it tracks. Um, also, uh, if I wanted to know something, I had to look it up in the encyclopedia, like a book. It was an encyclopedia, and we only had A through E at my house because my mom stopped buying them after E. Um, that was that. Um, I think, like, a benefit, uh, so, like, I think information was hard. Like, you couldn't look something up. Like, if I, I didn't know something, I had to ask somebody, or it had to be in the encyclopedia, and so there's some things I wasn't going to ask people, and so I just didn't know. I think you guys know a lot more than I ever did. Um, and especially in high school. Um, the last inconvenience is like when we would, um, if I wanted to talk to my friends during the school day, I would write notes and then we would have like a notebook where we'd pass back and forth and we would like write a journal to each other or sometimes we'd leave little notes in like a tree, a certain tree on campus and we knew where we'd find it and they'd come and get it. But what happens is that your notebook or your notes get found and the teacher takes them and then they read them out loud in class, or like like your mom sees your journal, or your sees your notes, and like this idea of like you can't write anything down because like I, I, I get why you want to have Snapchat because it goes away. Teachers would actually do that. They would take, they would catch a note that you'd be passing in class, and they would actually read it out loud. So you couldn't use first like you couldn't use names. You had to be super discreet. Um, it was a skill. Um, I think the benefit was like, I got, when I went home for the day, I just went home. 
Like there, anything that was to toxic at school, if anybody was not nice to me at school, I, they got to stay there. Like I didn't have to worry about posting something or them continuing to, to be mean or something. Mm -hmm. It's just, I just got to be me. Um, and that is something I'm, I'm sad for you all that you don't have that opportunity to just be you and not have uh, and not have this thing kind of following you around. Anyways, that's my story about what it's like to be a teenager in the 90s without a cell phone. So I don't know if you have any follow-up questions, but <laughs> that's my story. This is off topic, but okay. did you have to parallel park for your parking test? I did have to parallel park for my parking okay. test, and I did not have a backup camera. Where did you grow up? I grew up in San Diego. Oh, okay. Yeah, so in California. Yeah. Really? But what you do is you just line up your like your window, your, your the passenger side window with their back window, and then that's the right that's the, exactly the right positioning, and then you crank it back. Yeah. Any other any other life advice? I have a question. Yes, Meg. Um, so I think a lot of us like our photos are really important to us in like yeah. capturing memories. Mm -hmm. So was it like a common practice for you or your friends to carry around cameras to take pictures? Um, like we would never have a camera at school, but on vacation we'd take a camera and but it was like you would put film in it and then you have to go and get your pictures printed and you get them from Long's Drugs and then you look through them and you put them in an album and you know you didn't get to delete the ones that didn't look nice. <laughs> <laughs> I want at least one example of a song that you would not play for like a friend in your car that like you would be embarrassed by oh, that album. Okay. What would be that like song that you would not play for anybody? Guys, you're going to make fun of me. Um, so um, I in high school, I was mostly into like um, like Radiohead and <laughs> and like, tw like I love Tori Amos, and I loved, um, I love musical, like musicals. I loved, like, Rent was changed my life um, when I was like a junior in high school. Um, I liked, I liked a lot of alternative music, but I, when I was like in middle school, my family listened to country music. Yay, country music! And I was a Garth Brooks fan. I still like Garth Brooks. I, there are some, there are some, like, I have a whole bunch of feelings about country music, which I, I cannot, I could fill a whole podcast on, and Ava's like, oh my God, this podcast is getting so long. Mr. Govon, please stop talking. <laughs> I could feel it, I could feel it. I'm talking too much. But um, I think that my, my Garth Brooks CD was, would have been one I would have, like, wouldn't have cultivated the image that I was going for. So, yeah, that's all. Thank you so much for joining us today on this episode of our podcast and we'll see you again next week. Bye. Bye. Adios. Bye.